Can I say we'll give it up? Brian DeMarco. It's me. Welcome back to the podcast. How have you been? I've been fantastic. Everything's great, right? Nothing could be better. Yeah, just living the it's fucking dream. It's all coming dream. together for me now, man. Yeah. Well, you're in town. You, you, you live now in Los Angeles and have for a number of years. Ten. Ten years. And you're celebrating, well, maybe I'm celebrating the fact that you have released in the last two years, is it six records? That's correct. What the f- what the f- what's happening over here? What's I, going on in the lot? What's I, in the water over I, here? I need a life. Something is happening. Somebody needs a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, there must be something better to do. Well, we're going to talk about two specifically that you released this year, but let's talk about the four that you did last year. You did like a country swing record, right? You did uh, a, bluesy a bluesy record. Kind of a crooner thing. Yeah. And yeah. then? And then an instrumental album. Which was, well, like, what's the vibe on that? It's blues, jazz, country. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's sort of my wheelhouse. Yes. And then what was the fourth one? Like, uh, kind of a folky, rootsy thing. Okay. So, you were, so your pandemic projects were putting together these four incredible records. I've heard them. And they are on Spotify. And But what we're going to talk about today are your fifth and sixth record in the last two years. I guess so. That's fucking bananas. I'm sorry. I, w- do you not have like a hobby? I, I, I definitely need a hobby. You need another hobby. Yeah, because making music and painting and whatever... the Yes, I definitely need a little something else to do with my time, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> let's well, all right, so let's just dig in. So if you so Brian DeMarco has been on the podcast before. If you want to know his background, uh snowboarding accident, uh living the life of, of leisure, uh is that what how we, is that is that an <laughs> Man. Is that correct? I, Did yeah, I just distill I, you into yeah, one I, little I, I snippet? Guess so. Sure. Yeah, sure. snowboarding accident, life of leisure. That's that's all I've done. That's all you've done. That's all I've done. Until last year, and then you started being a crazy man and releasing all these records. Um do you have a preference? Do you want to start with the recitations record or your album of uh original songs? Well, either way. I kind of feel like the recitations is original music. Yeah. Because well, the, only, the only real big difference is I didn't sing the tune. Can you talk about the impetus to even do this fucking thing? Okay. So, and get up on the mic like, like you're making love to it. Oh, baby. See? Oh, yeah. It's already better. We already we just increased oh. our listenership by a thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the impetus was simply that, I mean, I've been doing it since I was about 20, so I'm 50. So after a while, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. Or mm. I guess you can. You could. But, uh, Hashtag Bob Dylan. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> okay. I, okay. Let's not I go that, down that route. I knew there was going to be a sore spot. Right. So I just threw that out there just to spark I some mean, side it, eye. In the, in the twilight years of his, he's investigating okay. the, mm-hmm. the American Songbook, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, but though the impetus was uh, just that having made a bunch of uh, folk roots type records 
Americana country blues and mm-hmm. having delved into those forms for so long that I just felt like there must be something else to try to do. Mm-hmm. So the idea was to get out of my own wheelhouse and to start I, with hip hop beats, which mm-hmm. I don't know anything about hip hop music. I don't listen to that music mm-hmm. and to see where that might go. And that's what I did. I, I started with some of these beats and started building music on top of that, which I was in the past, mostly a good, you know, acoustic guitar. I'm going to come up with a chord progression and a melody and a lyric, and that's how I'm going to write songs. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really want to do that. I want to try to do something else. Mm-hmm. So now there's this weird beat that I don't understand and trying to build music on top of it. And what was, and how did you even get to those beats? Like, did you, purchase a, 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 a yeah, some so, software so yeah, like, so you know, you know how did you get yeah, using using some uh, uh, programs that I already kind of knew about where you can then get hip hop type package you know packages mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. where they have those beats available different grooves and then filtering through them well and and can you just break that down to a non-musician what you just said like what does that mean what did, what did you just say there's companies that make loops of beats and I I listened to them until I found things that I was interested in and then used them. Wow, that was really eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, man? What the fuck are you asking me? Well, I'm just, you know, there's a bunch of non-musician listeners to the podcast. And so I'm sure they're wondering. I know they're wondering. They're calling me right now. They're texting me. I've seen the texts. So we can buy software in it. Has some drum beats, has some tones, has some different things that we can add to, say, your basic DAW, right? Your basic logic or garage band you can buy packages of sounds and yes. and, and and grooves yeah. and then you can incorporate them into what you're doing so yes. so you bought kind of a, a hip-hop or or yeah they're called extensions or something <clears throat> so you bought a hip-hop extension yeah not really understanding that music or or no. yeah, right or listening to that no. music i that tried w- to listen to it i i i, I did so I, you you I, never enjoyed hip-hop no I, I never tried. ever no hmm. okay I tried mm-hmm. I did I mm-hmm. wanted to educate myself no um no I <laughs> so you bought this package that had all these drum loops and you just started to fuck around basically yes but uh, quite honestly because last time we talked and we could talk a little more we talked about process quite honestly my process is a lot of fucking around I right. don't I I don't know what I'm doing I don't think that I uh, that you need to know what you're doing. I think that maybe it's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what I'm doing. And Oop. then you just fool around until you find stuff. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I create, it's an intuitive process and you fool around until you arrive at something that you think is working. So you come, I mean, I, I know you well enough to say that, that where you come from kind of musically roots music uh, folk music, country music, um, you know, kind of old school jazz swing, country swing. Like you come from a very different place than what this record is. So, and, 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 and 
Well, right. Maybe. I mean, but the elements are there. There's a bunch of blues in it. There's, there's right. the, all those elements are in the music. But what you took was the backbone of this thing. The backbone, the rhythm. Yeah. Is, is kind of hip hop. Yeah. But, but the thing is about that, you say like, and granted, you're talking to a hip hop novice here. So what do I really know? But it sounds to me like what they're pulling from is the roots. Right. They got, there's funk grooves. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the grooves don't seem that innovative to me. Is it is it more tonal things that are happening, like the, the sound of the snare drum or the sound of the kick, or was it more the groove? The groove. It's both, man. Yeah. Like you're listening for a feel that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. But this is a feel that doesn't make sense to you. Well, I mean, it's not like, dude, listen, this stuff's not like some crazy avant-garde shit. Most of it's four four. Right. Most of it's right. Most of it's. It's not, they're not reinventing the wheel, man. It, it, from what I can understand, what hip hop is doing is they're, they're already genre smashing. They're taking, mm-hmm. they're taking a funk type groove right. they're, and they're manipulating a little bit, but they're not moving it outside of that. They're not right. turning into a seven, four or something, man. It's well, like, well, it's, right. And I, and I think, you know, and I don't, I'm listen, I'm not, I don't, I'm not the professional hip hop historian, but Originally, hip hop started with loops, right? They they would take a groove from a record, right, and sampling and, just and sample taking, it, taking pieces. <clears throat> and there's some of that going on with this music, yeah. Some of that going on with this music. All right, yeah. so you started to fuck around with with some hip hop drum grooves, correct? And you had an idea. And what was the idea? The idea was that would firmly put me outside of my own wheelhouse and force me to create in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, and create a different process. That and, was the idea. And how did that work? How did that function kind of in a, in a, in a day-to-day, hour-to-hour? You had this groove, and now what are you doing? Well, how the, whole, are you- the whole thing got changed when I discovered Richard Burton's r- r- uh, rec- recitations of the poems. Mm-hmm. That changed everything. Mm-hmm. That was that, that So changed- that happened after? Well, yeah, because the whole thing... So the original idea was get these hip-hop beats, build music around it and then i didn't really have an idea of what would go on top of it because Hmm. i don't know how to rap and i'm not going to rap and i don't know anything about that so i didn't know what the lead Hmm. vocal thing was going to be so i i got this hip-hop groove i built some music around it and then i was just kind of moving forward and i accidentally stumbled upon the richard burton recitations and accidentally played one of those recitations while this music was playing no way yeah, you didn't hear this. So, who are you again? <laughs> you have to explain all this shit, homie. <laughs> so, so, you know how on your fucking computer, yeah, you got the the DAWs open and you're working in the DAW, but then you can flip flop to the computer desktop and yeah. like Google some shit. Yeah. So I had the music going. I was working on. I accidentally pressed play on some download of Richard Burton reciting poems and it played over the top of my music and it was a peanut butter and chocolate moment where I was like, Oh my God, that's what this that's fucking thing should be. Yeah. But then that changed the whole process. Cause then from that moment on, I built all the music out of his recitations. Okay. All right. So what was the first, so you had it, we had a drum groove, this peanut butter and jelly situation happens what was that first recitation that you heard that was do not go gentle into the dark night 
Do not go gentle into that dark dark night. Yeah, that's what it was. gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Which is, I think, something I probably had to learn in, in high school. Yeah, yeah, probably. And and who who wrote that poem? Dylan Thomas wrote that Dylan poem. Dylan Thomas. Very, the most famous Dylan Thomas poem. Yes. And then the other poems ended up being mostly Dylan Thomas poems, but also the poems by Thomas Hardy and John Donne. But the point was I discovered that Richard Burton, you could pull all the music out of his performance. And so then I just wrote the music to his performance rather than the other way around. In other words, his melodic sensibility? All of it, man. In the, in the recitation? All or was it. there music behind it? No, no, there was no music behind it, but he's so musical right. that you could, you could decipher a beats per minute from his performance. Oh. Mm-hmm. You could decipher a key. Interesting. And you could decipher a general attitude. So like it's dark or it's light or it's groovy how, or yeah, how aggressive or wh- right. what he, how he's performing. So I got a hundred piece per minute. I got the key of G minor and I got the attitude. Well, huh. that's mostly it. And then the songs are born out of that. Yeah. I mean, they were to me. Right. And it just made sense at that point. And then you had a real vision for this recitations record. Yeah. I mean. Again, let me just reiterate that I never know what I'm doing and that I don't know if there's a true vision. It's just intuiting your way there with a blindfold on mm-hmm. in the dark. Mm-hmm. That's always my experience of art. So I've met people that maybe don't have that experience and I think they're foreign to me. But the idea that you would know what you're doing when you're doing it, that seems crazy to me. <laughs> you hired, obviously, real players. You 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 went away from the from the drum loop and you... Started no, to use no, real not all, no, not all the time. Okay. In so, fact, not most of the time. So most of the time I stacked, I, I, I stayed with the idea of the loops and the samples mm-hmm. and only brought in real players when I felt it was necessary. So who is on that one? So the, one of the biggest contributor, the biggest contributor to this album is Robert Kyle. He's a saxophone player in LA and uh, he and I worked very closely together working out this music. Mm. But the bass, largely, except on one track, is all not real, not a real person. I played that stuff using programs and loops and things mm-hmm. and ideas. And same thing with much of the instrumentation. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're hearing instruments, there are real instruments being played, but they're not a real... They're, record, they're samples. Band in a box, basically. Right? Yes, right. that idea. So, so it's, it's MIDI-triggered or... Some of it's MIDI triggered. Yeah. And some of it's samples that are then mm. cut up into pieces and mm. manipulated. And where did you find these samples? Um, 
Well, you said it. I found a, a lot of it I used Band in the Box mm -hmm. because it was such a unique program that you could actually program the actual song. Mm -hmm. and you, then, you say the key, this is the time signature. And then you can put in the chords. Uh-huh. All the changes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then it generates right. versions of it. Yeah. And then that's where the work begins because then you're taking and you're tediously cutting things up and splicing and moving and what would you say the time ratio between creation and editing like what like was it 50 50 was it 40 percent creation 60 percent editing like how much how intensive was the editing it's process intensive yeah pretty intensive yeah a lot of boring it would be boring and and tedious to most people probably yeah but it but that's what it required it did yeah and not only that but you're taking this recorded version of the poem and chopping that up so it makes sense correct yeah using a program to chop that up and work that into a song form right okay so you're you're taking the the poem and approaching it like a song so are you doing like is there a chorus yes like, so exactly so you got you got verses the songs already have i mean the, the it's all verses the poems right? already have verses yeah which is cool so then you're cutting those verses up putting them in certain places then creating I mean, the, my big hang-up with, and, and again, again, I'm a novice to it, so anyone who's listening, don't get too upset. But my big hang-up with the hip-hop and the thing is that there's just not enough melody and harmony for me. Mm -hmm. So then it was a matter of creating enough melody and harmony to make the music what I think is interesting mm -hmm. and enjoyable. Mm -hmm. So then you have to create that because it's not really there. Because mm -hmm. he's just speaking words. Right, right. And... And so you're saying basically like once you stumbled on these poems, you would determine based on his cadence and tone what the rhythm was, what the what the key was, and then you begin the process of mashing all of this together. Yeah. And it was always a different process and it was always fascinating to see it. I, I, I mean, art's like this to me to begin with. Uh, any whether it's visual art or acting or music or whatever, it's like you start out with nothing and end up with something. And I never really understand how that happens. It's always strange to me. And I can listen back to this music and I, how did that, how did I do that? Hmm. I don't think I couldn't do it again if I tried. I don't know how it happened. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know why people, more people don't have that experience of it. It's the truth, isn't it? Do you really know what you're doing? Really? I, I Well, I mean, I can just speak for myself and, and say that I have an idea and I can try to execute it in a way. But doesn't it change as it goes? The idea has its own idea. Like you have an idea, but that idea already wants to be what it wants to be. And then you get into it and you're like, some of my ideas aren't working. I think and then you follow the it you follow it to its conclusion all right well hold on i just want to make one distinction and one is you know i've had the great honor of basically having a crew of musicians that i've been playing with for 10 years right and once you start to make your own records and you get away from that you typically get to execute exactly what you had envisioned 
So, but what exactly is you? Okay, working with a band is different. Like now, you got a band; they're an extension of the thing. But that's not the experience that I'm having with the music I'm making. So that's a, a significant. Mm-hmm. Ex- that's what I'm saying. There's two very right. different approaches. Right. Band but the, or. But the thing is, you let's say you write a tune, right? And you write it in your room because you're not writing the song with the band, right? Right. I mean, maybe you are, but in this scenario, you're not. You're writing the right. song by yourself. Yeah. In a room, mm-hmm. and it's got some chord progression. It's mm-hmm. got a chord changes. And it's got a melody. And maybe you have some harmonic ideas as well, mm-hmm. but you bring that to the band and the band, and maybe you have some ideas about, okay, guys, you give them some general direction. I want this thing to be swampy or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. you give some adjectives that mm-hmm. describe, and then they help you realize this music, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But, is that a question or a statement? No, but, but oh. what I'm saying is that that process, you still don't really know you have an idea that gets realized and along the way you, and then so the drummer plays this thing and you go, Oh, that's cool. But what if you did a little bit more of this than that? Uh-huh. And then the bass player. And so you're crafting it, but you don't really know. Right. You don't really know. Uh, it's I, not like you got the vision in your room. You're like, I know what this song is going to be. And then you show up and you go, I want you to play this. I want you to play that. But kind of, kind of, I mean, you know, I, I, I started playing drums. That was my first instrument. Right, so, so you had I, a groove in mind. I, I typically have a groove in mind. Right, but you're not so specific as like, I know you're going to play this on the hat, and this is going to be the kick, right? No, like, I kind of do. Really? Yeah, that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, that's foreign to me. I, I started as a drummer. I Like, almost the second thing is the drum Okay, part. but what, okay, so, but that's okay. Well, that <clears> might, might be unique to you. What about, about bass, harmonies, like... Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, maybe you work the way and that's, I don't work the way I don't know what I want before. I don't have a complete mm. vision. Mm-hmm. I think, th- I think, th- well, you know, what is a complete vision? Like we, this could be a, a seven hour podcast, but you know, I, I guess what I ha- have become accustomed to is this is my vision you know, either the band will help me realize that, or I will just realize that on my own. And have I made records solely where I thought, man, I should have brought the band in or vice versa, you know, but it just is what it is. I see a recording as a timestamp of an idea and shit will change. Shit will grow. Shit will evolve. We don't play the same song the same way twice any night. Every, every time it's different. I mean, sometimes yeah, it's the fo- always, it's always in an evolution. Yes, of yes. course. And, and whether I captured it with my band or I captured it with just me, that's a thing. But what I want to get back to your recitations record because this was, you know, a lot of you and only. Yeah. And all- this is not the process you're talking about. I don't have a band I work with regularly. Right. This is not that, that. process. This is what I'm saying. You're yes. in a room. You're digging into software. You're you're experiencing. You're you're introducing yourself to a new genre of music that is not your bag. And in fact, I don't even know what genre of music that is. Well, I know we were talking about that before. Like, do you, do we call this? Do we call it a spoken word? Do we call it rock? Do we call it cinematic uh, acid jazz? I mean, you yeah. know, there's there's so much about this recitations record that is intriguing to me, knowing you. Like, if someone comes into this record not knowing you, and they're like, "Man, this is—he's a motherfucker," you know. He—he he understands the production of this thing, uh, but I know you, and that isn't really the well that you would 
that you would get water from. So I'm just. I found it strangely um, natural. I did. I found it strangely natural orientation to music. I, I I don't know what to say about it. It, it. it was very normal to me. Do you do you typically write lyric first when you write a when you write a song? Are is the lyric the driver or is it? Or I mean, it's it's, it's just they come all different. Ways. Right. Of course. All right. But generally speaking, no, the lyric is not. The first the thing. First thing. No. So now you're operating from lyric first. Yes, lyric first. And that dictates key. I've, but I thought groove. it was a great gift, man. Like, it, it is. Like Burton's talent yeah. was such a great gift because he gave me all the elements I needed. Yeah. He gave, I mean, right. listen, I've been he, at it. I've he been was your for, Bernie Taupin. <laughs> he, I, I'm not fucking well, around. Well, he, yeah, I sense. guess. I mean, but listen, I've been at it for thir- over 30 years now. So like my, and I'm self-taught, but. The idea that he gave me the tempo, he gave me the key, mm-hmm. he gave me the feel, he gave me a great deal of information to work from. So, but can I just say this? Without your wealth of knowledge, you wouldn't have done the same thing. In other words, you needed 30 years of writing songs to understand how to distill That's true. from his spoken word. That's because true. that's not, I mean, you edited and and crafted this thing it's not like you just let it play out you understood harmony rhythm you know bpm yes, that's all true instrumentation and you can you know another thing that i am really impressed about this record is that the feel is not the same every song has its own kind of yeah, genre it's all, yeah it's all born out of his thing it's you cool. know yeah. so you know so I don't think you could have done this record 30 years ago. No, no, not a million years, not a million years, but, but you can say it on the microphone too. Just, just, <laughs> I want you to get up on this motherfucker. I want, let's hear that sexy Brian DeMarco voice right now. Come on. It, you know, the thing is that I, I found it very similar to regular songwriting process, which is that the songs, the music wanted to exist. And then I simply was, helping the music to exist i was just being a conduit to it and the greatest compliment i've received from a lot of the musicians that worked on it uh, is that it sounded like the music always was married to the vocal mm-hmm. mm. yeah. and, and that's a cool that's a cool compliment i wonder you know and i and i remember learning a bunch of these poems i think in high school and so I wanted to just touch on the two that I remember. And the, and the first one was, do not go gently into that good night. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Stand by. Mm-hmm. This is a great one, too. Poem in October. Um, Why don't you feature that one?
immediate ear to heaven, woke to my hearing from harbour and neighbourhood and the muscle pool and the heron priested shore. The morning beckoned with water praying and call of seagull and rook and the knock of sailing boats on the net webbed wall. Myself to set foot that second in the still sleeping town and set forth. All right, let's talk about poem in October because that one's cool because it's almost entirely not. In fact, it is entirely. There's no players. Hmm. Nobody contributed to that. All right, so you you are crafting this thing literally from the software that you have. Yes. And I love the fact that you added this, and then you're gone. Like you added this kind of melodic hook to this thing, and that's unlike any other song on that record, right? Yes. There. It's all, it's all, and remind me of the cat's name, the, the cat that's talking typically. Uh, Richard Burton. Richard Burton. Yes. And he's just reciting these poems and you found it on YouTube or some shit? Yes. Okay. So this is one where you add kind of a, a melodic lyrical hook. Right. It's a melody and a harmony. Right. As a hook. Yeah. And it's not a lyric taken out of the song, which is unique to that one. Well, usually I would take a hook out of the song and repeat something that was already being mm-hmm. said. Right, right. This is a new creation, a completely new, a new, new right. hook, lyrical and melodic hook that you added to this thing. Right, because the song is about, I mean, the, the song, the poem is about, um, at least as I interpreted it, about um, uh, 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 mortality. It's a song about his 30th birthday and... And this is Dylan Thomas again? Yes. And mm-hmm. this idea that, that what I thought was like, you're barely there and then you're gone. That's kind of what life is to, seems to be to me. Hmm. You know, so I lifted that idea. Hmm. And then I misspoke a little earlier in saying that everything except for the harmony vocals, the harmony vocals were, were real people. We were really singing those, mm-hmm. those parts. But everything mm-hmm. else is, is, has mm-hmm. been manufactured or sampled, as you would say. Well... I don't I don't say that disparagingly, but it is really interesting that you're able to and, and are you using MIDI triggers or is it literally just like on, on in logic? Well you know what a MIDI trigger is. I do. I'm thinking about what I did on oh, that. Oh, okay. Um Well maybe a bit of both. But but in other words, it it wasn't all one or the other. It was a combination. It was just you you know, using logic, using these plugins, using these extensions to craft this thing. Right. And you're taking pieces, which are samples, essentially, mm-hmm. of real players playing real things. Right. And you're cutting them up into pieces. Right. And you're organizing them and, and moving them around. And often even changing what they did using programs to change the actual melodic content. Mm-hmm. Could this record have been done let's say three years ago in, in your experience no. with all of this information, like no. the, the, you know, your knowledge of all of these no, different it's definitely a technology driven yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt. And, about you, and it. I mean, can you even begin to estimate how many hours you have put into this process? Because it's impressive. I mean, listen, I'm listening to your music for, for many years and your ability, just your ability in the last five, seven years. I mean, you've eclipsed uh, so many of my favorite, uh, 
editors, producers, your understanding of the software is so impressive. Can you talk to just the amount of time and commitment that you've put into that? Yeah, it's my, it's crazy. And the only way it can get done is through just the love of it because it's tedious. But if you love it, then you, because it's about making music, right? That's the thing, right? It's, it's ultimately about realizing something musical that's emotional and hopefully connects to another person. That, that, that's the ultimate goal, right? But it is strangely isolated in what it is that you're doing to accomplish that non-isolated goal is very strange to me, you know? Because it takes, you're, you're alone by yourself working to understand how this thing works, to put this thing together. It's like, I came up in a time when you make music with human beings and making a record meant you went into a, a room with human beings, rehearsed, and you played that music. That was my orientation to making music right. that was recorded. There was no funny business happening. Right. All the way to this point where there's nothing but funny business happening, <laughs> which is very strange. Because it's not that it's not human. It, I, I don't really know. what I, I, I'm confused by it. Mm, mm. I am confused by it. How do you, how do you reconcile how you started and where you are with this particular record? I, that's a hard question. I don't know the answer to it. I, I don't know that I can. Yeah. I don't know. Part of me feels like it should always be a, a, a bunch of guy, guys and girls or a bunch of people together making the music and that you shouldn't make the music this other way. Hmm. But you did. But I did. And it sounds fucking great. And that's interesting that it sounds good, but can you listen to it and say it sounds good? Take your time. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hard one for me, man. I know it is. I know it is, but uh, I find it very hard. Uh, I find it very hard to appreciate. I find it... I find it very hard to appreciate anything that I've I've made. I, I don't... I don't know what to say. I'm sorry. Why do you why do you think that is? You know it's good. I know it's good. And listen, I, I I'm not like a tastemaker, but you you must understand that the time that you've put in and the output of what you've done and the quality of what you've done it's impressive even if you you can't get behind it on some level like you know we're always our worst critics 
but but this this to me is kind of a when I look at at your creative life and you know we've been friends for a long time this is so far outside the box and you should be proud of this because this is we all have our wheelhouse we can do that we can do that all day long this is something i've never heard before i've never heard anything like it and it's done on a very high level and it's been thousands of hours of you figuring this out and it's not you don't have the benefit of being in a studio playing with players that you've been playing with for 10 years this is you literally dissecting this motherfucker like a yeah you know i i i, I don't I, I just honestly don't know i don't I don't. I, this is where I get to the point where I really don't understand art. I really don't hmm. understand expression. Hmm. I, I know we want to. We we always want to break it down to like some technical stuff and some stuff we understand. And but ultimately, it comes down to a thing of. And I'm not even a religious person, but. It's a it's a it's a god thing to me, man. I really mm. it really just comes. I don't understand how any of it happens. Mm. I'm not capable of it. And, and when I hear it done, or I see myself accomplish it, I can't believe it's possible. Mm. Everyone seems so talented to me, and I don't know what I'm doing. Mm. I don't. And every and I I've been successful periodically, <laughs> and it's amazing to me that that could be possible mm. to believe that I could in some way encompass or possess any talent at all. Everyone else seems so amazing to me. <laughs> I've told you this, like you seeing you sing and. It's all amazing to me. I always feel inept. It's amazing to me that people can... Adam. Mm -hmm. We both know Adam Armillo. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. I struggle so much musically, artistically. It's all a struggle. Hmm. Nothing comes natural. I'm just fucking fucking working my ass off. Hmm. And maybe other people are too. I don't know. They seem fluent. Mm. It seems so natural. Mm. For me, it's a fucking... It's, it's, it's so much work. Mm. So, But I've been in situations where people see me as being natural, and I try to dispel that and immediately say, that's so not true. In the sense that what... Listen, nothing is natural, right? No, nothing is natural. The only thing that we have is our body of work, our work ethic, and our desire to do more, right? But there's, but there are people that are like born to do things, man. You were born to do this, bro. There's no one else on this planet 
then I know a thousand percent that you were born to do this. There's no one else on this planet that I would say that to other than you. And I don't, and I have such a not relationship to that idea. It seems so foreign. It's dude, it's nothing but work. It's only work. But, but that's what it is. You were born to do this work. This, that's it. I mean, you just put the bow on it. You were born to do this work. That's it. Well, God, I wish I was more gifted. Because <laughs> what a nightmare. <laughs> oh, man. I'm still reeling from... The So The Story Goes presents the show at the Womack. Holy shit, that was fun. Sorry, pardon my French. Sorry, Mom. What an incredible night celebrating local music and local spirits and a great local music venue. Shout out to the Womack for hosting us and and treating us uh, incredibly. Uh, Shout out to Santan Spirits. Uh, for showing up in a big way, incredible cocktails, awesome spirit tasting, and then I got to shout out the bands, uh, Stephanie Articles, Lee Pereira and his band, and Vinyl Station, and my homie DJ Mira spinning in between. I'm super fortunate to be a part of an incredible musical community, and, and what an awesome celebration that was. Stay tuned. Hope to do it again. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Let's get back to Brian. Let's talk about the other record that you did this year, and that's a record of original music. And um, the song, the first song on that record, Songs I Dreamt, uh, which is up on Spotify now, is The Reason Why. And it definitely has, is it a Mellotron? There's a Mellotron going on. Yeah. All right, so it's, it's reminiscent of... What like strawberry fields? Like uh, yeah, people keep saying it's a Beatle vibe. Yeah, but I'm not a big Beatle thing. So well, you you're a John guy. I like John of all the Beatles, but <laughs> but I would not be a guy that would say like the Beatles. I mean, listen, the Beatles influenced everyone, so you can't say it right. Influence. But it wasn't like something that I was. I don't listen to the Beatles. Yeah, ever really. But but the but the progression and the Mellotron, it really smacks of that era. Yeah. You know? I guess it does. It was not on purpose. And where did it? I mean, no, sure, but but where did it come from? Where did that song come from? Well, as the title of the album says, "Songs I Dreamt," they are songs I dreamt. No shit, all of them. Uh, yeah, that's a hard question. Yes, I think the answer to that is yes, to varying degrees. Okay. But most of them are literally this new phenomenon in my life, which was that. The songs, like, I've had experiences in the past where the songs were dreamt, meaning you wake up with a melodic idea, or you wake up with a lyrical idea, or you wake up with a piece of something, a bass line or something. But in this regard, the songs were literally dreamt, Mm -hmm. meaning that in the dream, the song in its entirety Mm -hmm. was created, Mm -hmm. either... I was with a band playing it in the dream, or there was a band playing it in the dream to me, or the song was playing on the radio, but the song Hmm. in its entirety existed. Hmm. Hmm. And then I woke up, 
and tried to mumble into my phone as much of it as I could remember. So can you tell me, I mean, obviously you can't speak to the, to the lyrical content in the sense of like, this is what it's about. But can you talk about the process of, of getting that lyric down? Or was it literally just like waking up and scribbling down? No, no, bits? no. I couldn't. The hardest thing to remember was the lyric. Yeah. I couldn't remember the lyric very well. The melody, the bass line, the groove, those things were ver- more easily remembered. That probably has something to do with science in terms of the brain or something. But, you know, the lyric was tough. So, yeah, the lyric probably came, was recreated or created later largely. Mm-hmm. And... Can you can you look back on those moments and say, like it was inspired by this, or was it literally just like, I mean, if listen, if if you're not a fan of the Beatles and this song comes out, th- that must be in your fiber somewhere. Well, lyrically, the thing to me is always about just some sort of like distilling truth, trying to tell some kind of truth. I mean, that's the goal. Tell some kind of universal truth. Say something that everyone else can go, yeah, I get that. Fast asleep, warm in your bed, safe and sound inside your head. Moonlight shadows rise upon the wall. Softly drifting, dreaming as they fall Stars above, earth below Wind at your back, cool as it blows You find yourself upon a mountainside Rising ever higher as you climb Was there a different approach to this record than the recitation record in the sense that, like, was this real musicians? Was it band in a box? Yeah, much different. Okay. This was much more. So what was that Much more organic. This is much more organic. So you would wake up, you'd you'd scribble the shit down, you'd maybe grab your guitar, and then what, build it from there? Yeah. Largely, what always can be remembered the most is melodically for me. Mm-hmm. So if I had the melody, as you know, well know as a musician, you can then build the chords back. You can mm-hmm. remember all the chords. Okay, this is how it went because I got the melody, mm-hmm. you know. And then in terms of production, I I feel like production is an, a, a, an extension of songwriting. It, it already knows what it wants to be and you just mm. help it be what it wants to be. Mm-hmm. It's all the same, man. So like, did you hire LA cats for, for this? Yes. Or right, so who's on this, who's on this track? Can you remember? So on this album, it's, uh, Kevin Winard on drums, um, Rob Kyle on saxophone, Hussein Jeffrey on bass. This is all LA guys. Yeah. And and all jazz guys, which is fascinating to mm-hmm. me because 
I've never really worked with jazz guys. So getting the jazz guys to dumb down is a whole thing. Well, and speak to that process. I mean, did you, did you say this is the line? I need you to play this line or was it? Yeah. What do you feel here? Yeah. It's a lot about like the jazz guys. Look, I love the jazz guys because they're so badass. but because they can do anything, they do everything. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> so getting them to do, not do that is a thing. All right. So for this particular song, did you deliver to them it, the exact ideas or were you like, this is the framework? Yeah. So the general process now, because of the way the technology is, is that I can build a model mm-hmm. so I can play all the parts. Right. I can play the bass lines. I can play all the parts and then deliver it to them and and they can then understand the direction it's supposed to go in. But the idea is always like, listen, this is what I did. Take the idea, but make it better. Mm-hmm. And how does that process go? I mean, is it usually easy? Is it like an easy discussion or yeah, are you fighting? You know, you know, we, we have some mutual friends and, and, and they're very talented, and unless you deliver a, a kind of strict guideline, they might take their liberties, which are great. I mean, you know. Yeah, that's the biggest, that's the hardest part, right? Right. Is in, how, is in deciphering how much of their liberties you are working. Right. right. And the big, listen, the biggest note for any musician or artistically I've ever given over and over and over and over and over again is can you do the same thing with, you know, 30% less notes? <laughs> you know, that's always a thing. Can you accomplish the same amount, but play less? At what point do you surrender to the player? At what point do you defend yeah. your line? Yeah, I know, man. It's, it's always moving. It's hard. I know. I get what you're saying. It's hard. It's, you just have to intuit your way there. And, and also the player, as brilliant and amazing as these players are, and they are amazing and brilliant, they also have their limitations. Mm. They have their own, what they're capable of and what they're not capable of. It's, and you have to, as a producer, right. try to understand that. And it's like casting a movie. You've got to cast the right person in the right role and then capitalize on that but i feel like i feel like that that's kind of that's that's a you know a decent simile to the situation but i know i know you well enough to know that that you have very distinct ideas so how do you you know if you don't send them the melody if you don't send them this is the groove if you don't send them this is the part how do you negotiate that? Because you, these are real players now. So this is the, this is what we all have to deal with. As a producer, there's a little bit of give and take. Listen, this is my thing. I'd love to hear this. I know that this is what you excel at. Where can we meet in the middle? Is that how you approach? Yeah. But mostly, again, like I said, it begins with casting. Like if you got a bluesy tune, it's real bluesy, yeah. right? It's kind of loose and bluesy then there's a certain guy like chuck hall yeah. who's an amazing blues player and chuck's arizona fucking, kid yeah and chuck's fucking brilliant but chuck is not super structured so mm. chuck needs freedom right and you understand that chuck needs okay. freedom so you 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 factor that into the thing 
So maybe he's not playing the so lead line, but in, he's playing the but solo. But that's in the or, casting, like <laughs> right. I said, and how you cast right. it. Like picking the the right guy is that is when you pick the right guy. Just like with casting a movie, when you pick the right guy, your work is almost done for you once you pick the right guy. Well, can we talk? This is a great segue. But can we talk about your work in acting in the last year and a half? I mean, you did. Um, um, remind me of the name of the short film. Foul Mouth. Foul Mouth. Right. And that went on and, and, and had some great uh, reviews. And so you're, you're balancing being an actor, working with a director. Now you're the producer working with musicians. Is there any similarities or, 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 or are they completely different? No, or all, does all the mind it, work the same way? No, all of it is about the same thing, which is that you're trying to create something it's all the same i mean acting visual arts music it's all the same you're trying to create something how do you go about doing that god if i know but oftentimes it's collaboratory so you need other people involved so who you get involved is contingent on what you're trying to create but can i just pause you for a moment but but you're also a very particular producer. And I know this because you've had me sing on a bunch of your shit. And you're very particular. So you have to you have to realize that your vision as a producer and as a vocalist, let's say, they may be two different things. And you've 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 told me, can you sing this more emotive? Can you make it more your own or less your own and do this thing? So I mean, there are obvious similarities in these processes, but um, d- does anything carry over? Does that make sense? Well, just that there's a. So, as an actor, you're at the you're at Behest. the of, of the producer or director, right? right? They have a vision, right? So now I'm an actor, and I'm basically playing the role of of the musician. Right. Who's been hired, right, right? To to realize a vision, right, right, right. So I've been on both sides of it many times, right. But I do understand that there is a thing you're trying to fulfill, right, and that's the ultimate goal. So how to be in service of that? This is what I love about art: is that I don't. There's no answers, and it's always changing. And that's what's so fascinating and interesting. Why you stay compelled with it? Because if it was mathematics, I don't know if I would still be that compelled by it right. but the fact that there is no answer to any of this is what's compelling about it how do you do it do you enjoy being in both roles do you have a preference like do you love to be the producer slash director or the musician slash actor i like to be in control <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun to also be the other thing yeah but yeah ultimately i like to have a vision and try to realize the vision and get people involved and realize the vision. Ultimately, I feel like my skill set is such that, that that's what I know how to do. Like direct. All, yeah. All of the players that contribute are 10 times the player I'll ever be in any lifetime. Right. There's no question, but getting it all organized in a way that is the most impactful. I've noticed that maybe the players don't, know that and that maybe I do know that or maybe not I don't know but 
organizing it as a thing. Mm-hmm. 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 Getting it all. I, 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 I'm, I mean, I'm with you. I, I love that. I love being in that chair, you know, and being to, uh, being to, being able to work with such talented musicians and crafting this thing that was an idea and is now, and now I get to, you know, play music with my, my, you know, dear friends like that. There's something there. I'm not good on the other side. I'm not like, I don't have the chops right. to be on but the other side. But that's not, but you don't have to. Well, at that point you don't. Like you're saying, stay in your lane. It's like, <clears throat> right. but the thing that I learned from acting was that, and I have continued to learn from acting is that, that it's, it's interesting that <laughs> when you're serving the project is ultimately the goal from every perspective. Uh, serving, I see where you're going. Serving with this. the song. Yes. So it's interesting to find out from the player's perspective, they bring all this talent to the table. And as an actor, you know what you want as an actor, in my opinion? You want a great director. You want someone that has a vision that can explain their vision and help you realize that vision. I want that direction as an actor. So right. as a player, I would assume you would want the same thing. You don't want some guy that's like, I don't know, do whatever you want. No, you want someone to say, man, it's amazing. You have all this brilliant talent. Now I want to focus the ta this talent in a very particular way. Yeah. And that they want you to do that because they can do, they're so talented. They can do so Anything. much. Yeah. Right. But right. they, it's a, it's a gift to them to go, no, do this. It's a gift to them to be focused. Yes. I think so. That's been yeah. my experience on both sides of it. Right. Right. The, the, or else they're looking at you like, well, I can do this, or I can do this, well, or I can you, do this. I know you're a big fan of Brando. Yeah. Do you well, think... Well, who's not? He's fucking... Well, tell me I mean, about your love for Brando. And he's Bob Dylan, bro. I mean, he's the fucking... He's... he's. Uh... <laughs> I mean, come on. I okay. mean, I'm a fan of a lot of people. But the Brando thing, because Brando's kind of cliche, because he's Brando, and everybody All agrees. Right, well, listen, man, I'm just low, low hanging fruit here. I'm just trying to like create yeah. some, you know. Yeah. But do you think that Brando was Brando because of the director, or Brando was Brando because he was fucking Brando? Well, probably the latter, dude. But he is okay. He is the anomaly in that Brando was Brando, man. I mean, that you don't get that every day. I mean, he was just. But every but 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 but. A good actor, a great actor, I think benefits from a good or great director. That that's that it's a it's a symbiotic thing that, that okay that you they're they're beneficial to each mm -hmm. other. Mm -hmm. a, a great actor is going to be greater with a great director because they can focus that they can they can laser focus that that talent. Yeah, because let's face it, if a guitar player comes in to the project and he's a great guitar player. His job is to be a great guitar player. His job is not to produce the record. His job is to 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 well, deliver. Well, hold on, what we're talking about playing for a song. So, in other words, like if you bring Slash into a session, you're going to get Slash. Well, if you cast him in that role, then yes. But if but you would not bring him into every session. You bring him to a session that without you would want that thing that he delivers. But in other words, would you feel comfortable? If you were uh, producing a song and you thought Slash was the guy, 
Would you give slash notes? Yes. <laughs> it's fucking slash, bro. But so what, bro? Everybody, every it's slash, everybody benefits from a little direction. <laughs> okay. You don't think that's true? It, no, no. We're talking. We're talking about different things then, because. If I if I bring slash in on a song, I know what it's gonna be, and I want what it is. I want that. And who am I? Do you, I, good. Here's a question. Now, slash played the uh, the solo. No, no, no. Let's talk about Eddie Van Halen playing the solo on what uh, beat it or some shit. You're way outside of my musical knowledge. Are you kidding me? You don't know fucking beat it. I mean, I, yeah, in a vague. I mean, I def, I've heard the song. Yeah. Okay, so so you think that like Quincy, you know, was like Eddie? Listen, by the way, great guitar. They're playing. selling a bunch of records, bro. It's about bringing. There's a lot of there's a lot of factors here, bro, that aren't about music. So let's just okay. Well, well, let's put let's put all that aside. You don't think that Quincy was like, listen, Eddie, just do just be you, baby. Just do your Eddie thing. Do you think Quincy was like, you know, with that note or what? Well, I don't think he got super fucking notey on him, but there was probably some. Uh, okay. All right. Man. I mean, we don't know. I don't, we don't know. We don't know. All right. Well, let's move I'm on. I'm just saying that an artist has to be a, a, a aware of developing the vision they have. And that, listen, I've, I have now worked with some people that are way more accomplished than me. Mm-hmm. And I still, I can't get caught up in that i have to get caught up in what i'm trying to do yes so if some big famous person's involved i'm sorry they're gonna have to have some ego fucking <laughs> checks yeah and real real and some notes yes, at the end of the day <laughs> and realize that i'm still making what i'm making right and that's not a it's not a comment on their gifts. Right. And it's not diminishing them. That's not what it's about. It's right. not diminishing Brando. If I worked with Brando, Brando was alive, <laughs> I still would have a vision for what I'm doing. And a couple notes for Brando. I would still have, anyway, have a couple when notes. You look- <laughs> <laughs> well, what the fuck, bro? It is what it is. He's I a know. fucking bloody genius, but he doesn't know what I'm trying to accomplish. I still have to communicate that. All right, all right. All right. Don't get so don't get upset. Jesus. Let's talk about Icarus. This is the second song on this new 
original record. Right. I'm calling it Ethereal Americana. That's what I'm I'm labeling this music as. I like it. Ethereal Americana. Yeah. We I actually I just had a conversation uh, not too long ago with Betsy Gans and John Rahouse. And we were talking about the Tucson music scene and how the desert the desert is a descriptor of that genre and betsy was like you know it's ambient it you know it there's something about that song that reminds me of that it's ambient it it's like a i don't know what a dusty i think i told you before it was like like I would be in a in a like a Cadillac, rolling through the desert, with this tune cranked yeah. up. Like it has that it. vibe. I get it. I think the desert does have a, a sound to it. And it, yeah, and it's almost a descriptor to a genre, wasteland. Not yeah. not in a bad way, but just like yeah. ambient, open, yeah. atmospheric. You yeah. know all that shit. Yeah. And and that song has that for me. Hmm. Yeah, I get it. I'm a desert rat. I yeah. get it. Yeah. I get it. I've spent my whole life in the desert. Yeah. I Are you a Colexico fan? Yeah. Yeah. They're cool. Super cool. Yeah. And we were talking about how, like, that, that's how you would describe that band. It's like, there's just an an open, ambient. Yeah. The desert, know. I've become, as I got older, very proud of my desert roots. Because now you're in L.A. Because the desert's a thing, man. And, like, that yeah. vibe's a thing. Yeah. There's a whole thing to the desert, man. You grew up here. Yes, I did. In Scottsdale. In, well, I mean, Tempe. Tempe. And then Phoenix. But, yeah. like, the desert, man. And back right. when the desert was the desert. Now right. I feel like it's maybe a little different. But right. long, 30 years ago, right. it was a thing, man. Right. It was like, you know. And it's there's a vibe to it. I like it. How would you talk about that song? Um, well, that whole album, which is called, uh, 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 what is it called? <laughs> Stand by. <laughs> uh, Songs I Dreamt. Songs I Dreamt. <laughs> Great. Cause I did. I dreamt them. <laughs> you dreamt that one too? I dreamt all of them, man. No shit. Uh, uh, how do I feel about it? I Just feel... speak into the microphone when you're talking, because when you talk off into the distance, someone's going to hear you. Yeah. Let's hear it. Let's hear your best radio voice. <laughs> yeah. I feel that uh Draft time. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> I feel that uh I mean I feel the same that I feel about always. You know, just this this whole album's been about middle age. Hmm. What do you do with middle age? And anyone who's middle aged out there, you know what I'm talking about. What do you do with middle age? Hmm. What do you do with it? It's a fuck, it's a mind fuck. And that's what the album's about, you know? And what is that tune about? Well, Icarus in particular is about, uh, I mean, the Icarus myth, for anyone halfway literate, knows that <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, you know, it's always been perceived as this idea of youthful pride mm -hmm. or youthful, um, you know, uh, 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 the sense that you would... 
you're going to fly the closest to the sun. Yeah. And you're not, you're going to, your father's telling you, don't do this. Don't do that. Right. Because right. show you, some, right. Show some restraint. Right. Yeah. Right. But youth can't understand that. Right. Uh, do you think that, that youth is lost on the younger people? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that was kind of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> well, can you give me any niblets about that song? Um, I know you dreamt it. Well, I tried to re envision the myth. Okay, mm. so like everyone, in, everyone interprets the fucking myth as being this idea that youthful pride and um, arrogance or whatever still into the mic, if you would, would cause this, right? Okay. But what about the idea that, you know what's great about youth that's lost in this myth, right? Is that, you know what's fucking great? Is that when you're young, you, you want to fly too close to the sun. You want to go find out where the parameters are. How far can I go? You want to push the thing as far as it can fucking go. That's mm-hmm. beautiful about youth, man. Mm-hmm. So maybe... Ignorance. Well, the cautionary tale that is the actual myth of Icarus, right. I tried to re-envision it as this idea of like, well, what if it's cool? What if it's great that you go, that, that it's not a problem, that you're young and you go, you know what the fuck? I'm going to fly as high as I can fucking fly. Mm-hmm. And I don't care about the consequences. Mm-hmm. That's what's great about youth. That's what my youth was. Yeah. I, that's what's great about it. Like, fuck it. Fuck it, man. Well... Who would want, not want that? That's a great part of being a human being, right? So what if Icarus, the idea was, yeah, I flew too close to the sun and I, I perished in the sea. But what was gained from that was a knowledge of, of life. Like that was, to me, that seemed beautiful. So hmm. I tried to write the song from the opposite perspective of the actual myth. That that would be a bad thing that you shouldn't, prudence would be suggested mm-hmm. well maybe prudence is bullshit maybe when you're young you're supposed to do that maybe that's fucking beautiful anyone who's young and doesn't take those risks well fuck them mm-hmm. what are they doing what are they doing with their youth if they're not willing to fly too close to the sun and that the idea that 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 falling that that if you found out something about your own freedom that that was well worth the fucking the perishing mm-hmm. i still believe that well you know maybe not actual perishing but falling spiritually like, well and, and and yeah 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 i, I think that i, I metaphorically no, i think you're into you're onto something in the sense that you know i mean i don't i have kids and, and but i know plenty of i have plenty of friends who have kids and you know this concept of no we have to corral them into this thing we don't want them to happen to make bad decisions or or make good decisions like they have to exist in this thing. Meanwhile, you and me, when we were growing up in the 70s, 80s, uh, it's like we get on our skateboard and it's like, I'll see you at night. You know, I'll see you when the, when the lights come off, the street lights come off. You know, it's like there's a whole different approach to being a juvenile, you know, to being a kid. What does that mean anymore? Like, are we allowed or are these new kids allowed to make mistakes, to, to find their way to stumble, you know, all this shit. Whereas that's all we fucking did as kids. Yeah. Well, I think in our culture, what's fucking fascinating is that we're no longer like allowed to, 
we have this idea of adulthood. Like, you know, like now you're an adult. Like, who's, what do you mean? Like, like it's still, no. a, it's still a matter of fumbling around in the dark and like, but people stop doing that. They stop taking risks. They right. stop, they stop with all of that. Right. But, but that stills where the good stuff's at. Well, I think that's where, you know, discovery, self-discovery, uh, self-identification. I mean, list, list all the shit. If, if you aren't allowed to fall, you won't find yourself. Right, right. The whole idea of failure. Yeah. And what failure is. And I still struggle with it, man. Well, that, like, failure is a beautiful thing, but I still resist it. I never want to fail. Define, Even though I know but, failure is a great thing. Or, or you know, like the, the concept of being in a situation where you're not, you're not, like, not the alpha, but you know what I'm saying? It's like... Being being an uncomfortable situation. If you put yourself through enough uncomfortable situations, you will know how to ride that shit out and come up uh, come out on top. That that's just the nature of life. You have to go through a number of bad situations to realize what is a good situation. And I don't know if I mean I've, I don't know, man. I I don't know, but if it weren't for the, the the situations in my life where it was very clear to me, very obvious, that I knew nothing and I needed to learn, I wouldn't be who I am right. today. Failure indica- a lot of time indicates growth. Yeah. Oh. It indicates your 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 own stretching out beyond yourself. Can we can we tie that to art in any way? I mean, like all of it's that way to me in art. Like like. You can continue doing what you know how to do over and over again. And people do that. And that's fine. Or you can, or you can go outside of yourself and suss out what's beyond yourself. And that's always the scariest place because failure is going to be involved. You are in fact going to fail. Mm -hmm. There's no way you're not going to, because you don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And the idea of not knowing what you're doing is tantamount to creating art. Hmm. Hmm. Because why would you keep doing what you already know how to do? Well, I guess this, 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 this scratches on the question of why create art in the first place. I have no answers for that. It's a compulsion. Right. Right. I don't, I don't understand it. I sometimes wish I could not do it. I right. don't want to do it. It's a miserable. Right. Why can't I just fucking get along? <laughs> right. But there's a compulsion to do it. Right. And I don't, I, some of it has to do with narcissism and, 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 and ego. But some of it doesn't have to do with that. Some of it has to do with this other thing altogether. Well, the, the, the joy and beauty of creation, I mean, that's, that's something, you know. And I think in, in, in these current terms, you know, we can talk about this for a thousand hours, but it doesn't have value. You know, that art doesn't have value now. Well, you mean like, uh, 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 monetarily on the uh, ego plane. It doesn't well, have any value. I, pick a plane. I don't care what plane you're on. Uh, how is, how do you feel? Do you feel that art is valued? End of statement. Well, it has value when it enters the capitalistic system and it is assigned value. 
So that's a whole other thing. Like an artist, a, a, a visual artist, a painter or whatever can have value on the material plane, but that's all now just mechanics of capitalism. Well, let's talk about what is that real value? Well, let, 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 you know, can we talk about Van Gogh for a minute, right? Dead before makes a penny. Lived a yeah. destitute life. Yes, that's true, all true. But there's, yeah, okay, okay. Made great art. And well, his, arguably, I mean, you might like it. And this is the thing about art. Like, we all agree that. But is that actually true? Because it is ultimately subjective. So right. is Van Gogh well, the art, great genius he's celebrated to be? I don't know. Someone said I he like was. some of his work and right. I don't like other right. parts of his work. Right. That's just me. Right, right. I like his use of color. I like his 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 sense of reckless abandon. I like mm-hmm. his passion that's in the work. Yeah. There's lots like Picasso. We could talk about Picasso, but like oh, Jesus, yeah. is it is it? This is the thing, though. What art uh, is so subjective, right? Right. And, we talk, and we can talk the, about Daniel Johnston. Do you know Daniel yeah, Johnston? Yeah. Do you like Daniel Johnston? I don't really get. I mean, I feel like I was making similar. Character, caricatures as a kid right exactly it's very childlike that's a quality of his work right. now you may like it or not like it but whether or not that work has value this is what's so fascinating but we live in a time and an age when we give value through capitalistic mechanisms which is like now you're going to win a grammy so now it has a value in an oscar it has a value mm. now whether or not it really does or not i don't know the answers to these mm. things sometimes i think performances or pieces of work that have garnered a lot of accomplishment do have a lot of value and i really connect with it other times i think it's shit i don't understand why it has this i don't know why it's been assigned to this value mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. what has real value the fuck if i know man right. that's part of being an artist too right right what would i do if tomorrow my work was lauded and I won a bunch of awards and I was considered a great artist in my lifetime that would be bizarre to me Right. right. I would be very skeptical about that scenario. Well, I happen to know that that you are a big Bob Dylan fan and Bob Dylan famously didn't accept uh what the acceptance into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or didn't well, accept the, Nobel, the Grammy or the no well <laughs> Nobel laureate or the Nobel thing. Okay. He, he ultimately yeah. did, but he kind of showed up at like the last uh, minute uh-huh. or hour of yeah. you know he did yeah. his Bob thing or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I have I have mixed feelings about Bob, yeah. but but I think what the conversation we're into now is about is there what is the value of art and how do you value it and that's oh god you know that's a whole other thing and no. like I disagree with the the contemporary thing of what we do, which we assign uh, um, accomplishments and that that means the art is good. I don't necessarily think that's true. I will agree with you that art is so subjective. And I remember, you know, um, moving to Phoenix uh, 20 years ago and going to first Friday and, and there was a, 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 a baby doll uh, covered in red, hanging from a noose, uh, from the ceiling, and this was first Friday, and I remember thinking that like that's interesting art, you know. I don't get it. I don't understand the background of it. I don't even think it's really well done. But I immediately give value to it. Art. That's it. It's art, and there's a there's like a baseline of that's art. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but and, what if then that piece is worth $10 million? Well, then I would question the buyer because that was <laughs> well, some bullshit. That's, that's what we're talking about here. The like, like all of it has some value, but then value has value to differing <laughs> degrees of like, what kind of value does it actually have? You know, I, monetary value gets into a thing, right? Well, and, we can't we can't solve that riddle. What we can what we can solve is that art is super subjective, and I love having these conversations with you. But by the way. I just want to remind uh, listeners that you can hear uh, the recitation record and songs I dreamt on Spotify, and I'll put a link up uh, on the on the podcast because you should hear this shit. This is this is some diverse artistic shit, and and I've known Brian DeMarco for for many years, and I know him as a singer songwriter, you know, blues, uh, country. Uh, a jazz swing and what he's done this year sorry i'm talking about you and you're sitting right here but sorry um it's really impressive and i love you and i'm really proud of what you've been doing and i hope that folks take a moment to, to listen to this shit and there's so much music uh it's really inspiring to me as a songwriter and someone who creates music as well so I encourage everyone to just take a moment and check it out and appreciate uh, my friend. Um, anyway, we can talk about fucking art and commerce for a thousand years. That's true. But we're going to go get some tacos. <laughs> that sounds better. I know. <laughs> Brian and Marco, I still love you after all these years. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. Oh